Welcome to ICP with We. In the name of hoods, black trucks, guns, money, and hoes, this is our ongoing examination of the Insane Clown Posse. I'm Eric. And I'm Aaron. And today we're reviewing Psychopathic Rida's 1999 album, Dumpin'. I was doing before we recorded. Hello, everybody. My name's Aaron. I'm talking about poop right at the top. We're talking poop at the top, baby. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of ICP with We. It's season four. It's episode 63. We got psychopathic riders on the table. And I'm here with somebody very special. And that very special person, I would consider a friend. And for the probably over a dozenth the time uh family in the sense of fast and furious and olive garden and that friend that family member this is a family reunion every week we have a family reunion we're a two-person family three-person family sorry chuck we are not related we're a three-person family and i love my family we make shirts every week for our family reunion every single week it's the icp with we family reunion Within the date on it. And then there's a family tree on the back that just has three names. It is me. It is Chuck. And it is the person I'm about to introduce. And that person I would consider a friend. Dare I say family. And that family member is my co-host with the Mo host, Eric. Wow. I was trying to follow that. I feel like you did at least two full circles there. I was worried at first I didn't want to jump in or anything because I thought maybe that whole thing was building up to talking about Chuck, but then you clarified. So thank you so much for that. I also- You're welcome so much. I consider you a friend. I consider you a family. I'm trying to picture that family tree uh, where we are all just on individual branches because none of us are blood related. So Yeah, it's, it's all individual branches. Yeah. Like at an even spot on the tree, too. Like nobody. <laughs> it's just three separate from trees. Yeah. <laughs> or if anything, it's two trees that join together and then the branches that tie together. That's Chuck. Oh, yes. That's weird. That's got to be maybe. it. Yeah. That's got to be it. Uh, you didn't mention that I called you the co host with the mo host. I, because I don't know what that means. I don't know. I was trying something new for season four. Is that. Did we like it? Did we hate it? I mean, Guys, tell us. Yes, I hate it. I don't. I. I don't. I don't know. I think I like the other way better. But let me let me just marinate in that a little bit for a while. I, you I'll, know, I'll what? Mar- you what marinara in that for a little bit. Okay. I'll, and we'll we'll pick this conversation up next week. How I'll, about that? I'll maritime on that for a week and let you know next week. Marriage. <laughs> <laughs> That for a week. <laughs> Was that a, a Princess Bride reference? Fuck yeah, it is. Oh, hell yeah. I, I I am on my second cup of coffee, and dare I say, I might pour a third at wow. some point. I did, have, I did have some coffee this morning, along with some leftover nuts. Ooh, leftover nuts. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, you said that I, I was kind of, I went in a circle twice during my, uh, 
my intro. Yeah, I was doing nuts in the parking lot. Uh, donuts. <laughs> doing nuts in the parking lot. Dude, just... doing nuts in the parking lot, baby. <laughs> nuts in the lot. Dude. <laughs> I'm going to take my Camaro out and do some nuts in the lot. Yo, that's that's going to be when we when we form our super group, that's going to be one of the first songs is nuts in the lot. Hell yeah. That's that's a big flex doing some nuts in that the is, lot. Absolutely that's a big flex. Getting out our fucking cars and just doing nuts in the lot, baby. Uh but we all drive front wheel drive cars, so we have to put them in reverse to do our nuts. So it's yeah, it's reverse nuts, dude. Would okay, if would doing donuts in a front wheel drive car, would that be uh, considered maybe like doing bags? Maybe. I like, don't know. Like going forward is donuts. Going backwards is bagels. I, I mean, I think we could establish that. I, it may already be established. I don't know. According to my friend Google, they're just called reverse donuts. It's it's established now. God damn it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Nuts in the lot. Hashtag nuts in the lot. Let's get it trending. <laughs> um, let's get some hype up for our newest mixtape, Nuts in the Lot. That's That'll like that is an album out. title. Like and and oh, the, I can picture the album cover too. It's dope. No, it's it's fantastic. You you know what I picture? If we're if we're making this like a uh, a a juggalo album anthem, which of course it's going to be. Right. Of course it's going to be. What's his, who who was on the cover of Dog Beats? That was that was like their hype was, man. It's their friend Don. He fights dogs for sandwich crust. Uh, with the with the clown dude, yeah. I, I picture him. But in just this beater of a car, like absolute beat hang, up car, hanging out the 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 window, one arm out, and like yelling and doing donuts, doing some nuts in the yeah. lot, Dude, hanging out the window, w- one arm's out the window, his like half of his torso's out the window, yep. and he's holding like a, a a knife or something as he's just doing donuts, holding a fago in his hand. Ooh, holding a fago. But what kind would it be if you're doing nuts in the lot? You need to have something bold. You can't have any of the like more uh, uh, nuanced flavors. It's got to be a straightforward like orange or something. It's got it's got to be an ignorant flavor. And I think that, in my opinion, and guys, tweet, email, Discord conversation about it, Instagram message us about it. Let us know what flavor. Fago, you would be rocking to doing nuts in the when you're doing nuts in the lot. What is what is the but most personally ignorant Fago flavor? Personally, I'm going grape or orange all the way yeah. because it's straightforward. It's in your face. It's right there. Exactly, big time grape or orange. That's what you got to rock. Big time, big time. Yeah, I'm glad that you and I are in agreement. But I'm I would love to hear everybody's opinion. And uh, you know what, Shmeev, I'm shutting you down right now. Get the fuck out of here with Red Pop. Okay, here's the thing though. Fuck Red Pop, but. Red pop is an ignorant fucking flavor. God, and if I mean, you're, you're doing right. nuts when in you're the right, lot, you're right. when you're doing nuts in the lot to have a bottle of red pop in your hand, you are, you might as well be screaming, fuck the whole world. When you're right, you're right, Eric. <laughs> and right, as of right now, you're fucking right. Hey, you sound like uh barf in space balls. Love me some space balls. Space balls is pretty good. It's funny. You mentioned that because the character that I play in GTA role play one of the essential parts to his character is that the only movie he's ever seen is Spaceball, <laughs> um, which plays for some really funny stuff. But very quickly, once somebody like like that I run into that knows Spaceballs 
once somebody like talks to me about it, it, it very quickly makes me realize that in reality, I've not seen Spaceballs in probably three years. Oh, you should probably catch up on it. I need to catch up on it. One of, one of the one of the jokes is that somebody will ask about a movie and I'll say, oh, I've never seen it, but I saw this director's cut of Spaceballs where... <laughs> And then, and then I, I basically described the plug, described the plot of the movie that they just asked me if I've seen. <laughs> every movie is Spaceballs. Yeah, every movie is a director's cut of Spaceballs, and and people get a kick out of it. I get yes. a kick out of it. I think hey. it's fun. Yeah, I, hey. I think it's a good. We're in good this bit. for the kicks. We're in this for the kicks. For the kicks, uh, with the number four, T H A, kicks with a Z. That's the opening track. For the kicks, the oh, opening track to to for to nuts in the for lot bag, or yeah for nuts in the lot yes oh, for man. the kicks bitch this is coming together this is coming together guys let's uh, you know what we're gonna we're gonna develop like an entire track listing uh, it, over the next few weeks it's probably gonna happen it's gonna happen it has to happen uh, uh, but hey yeah before we do that we gotta talk we gotta talk. So last week, we reviewed Golden Goldies, and we chose our gold names. We also, uh, by the way, our gold names, mine, Golden Shower, Eric's, Goldie Glocks. Yes. Great names. We also put a call out to you guys to tell us your gold names, and we have a lot of them to run through. (laughs) We do. We do. Do the roll Um, call. So so I I have everybody's official name. And then I also I have all those and and who they're associated with, as well as uh, I wrote down some of the other ones that were thrown around that were not claimed. So if you haven't gotten if you don't have one, if you're listening out there and you don't have one, I'll I'll name the ones that that haven't been claimed. and, and, And you can you can tweet at us or whatever, which one you want. How's that sound? That sounds pretty good. Although we're gonna have another call for names later. <laughs> hey, true. Okay, very uh, true. Hit it. Hit um, us. Hit us with this list because I think it's gonna be fun. Dustin from the Discord, uh, Golden Goose. Yeah. Uh, Rob, what is a Juggalo? Uh, Gold Rush. That's a good one. Jiggles from Juggalo Roundtable. Golden Crisp. I yes. love that one. Can't get I enough love that Super one. Golden Crisp. Blade from the Discord. Moon Goldius. That's like Moon Glorious. That's pretty funny. It's 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 good. It's a good one. Uh, Shmeev, uh, probably one of my faves is uh, Gold Reliable. <laughs> That's a double pun. It's a double pun, and it's 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 insane. It's great. Then Scott from the Discord, we got Stone Gold uh, for a little Stone Cold Steve Austin reference. I yeah. will always appreciate a Stone Cold reference. Hell yeah. Um, Mike, we got Gold Bone. Viron with the Rose Gold amazing i love me some rose rose gold it's probably my favorite color of jewelry well it's actually a golden girls reference double pun is it really i don't i don't i i do not watch golden girls okay well rose is betty white on the golden girls so rose gold is like golden girls Ah. rose you know uh yes beatrice white maybe we'll see hey anybody out there that has uh betty white's birth certificate fucking send it over (laughs) <laughs> and give us obamas while you're at it <laughs> and ouija's yeah and ouija's we need we need the lineage of of luigi mcintyre so v-ron rose gold uh rider one of the newer homies in the discord uh golden rider 
Golden spelled with a Y, uh, just like uh, Ryder. I like with a Y. I like that. Uh, I like that one a lot, dude. Uh, this one, this one was uh, Mr. Stanky B, Stank Biscuits, Au Revoir. Au Revoir. Au Revoir. Au Revoir. Au Revoir. Okay, so I thought oh. about it too, because AU is the symbol for gold on the periodic table. And I was like, okay, that's special clever. This one's for the clever motherfuckers out there. Yes. This one is definitely for the clever motherfuckers. And and Stanky, I got to say, hats off to you, my friend. That was a good one. Even if I can't pronounce it, whatever. Mustard never officially picked one. Uh, Mr. <laughs> Mushy Mustard uh, himself never officially picked one. Yes, he did. Golden Dijon. You know what I suggested? Gold Poupon. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I liked uh, Gold Poupon. That one yes. was a good one as well. And then finally... From Green Mountain Boy on Instagram and it, our Instagram DM, uh, Gold's Gym, J I M. That's I, I thought that was uh, awesome too. That one, it, that one was great. Yeah, I texted that one to you when uh, when he sent it over. Yeah, and we we're both like, "Oh, that's good. That is real good." Uh, <laughs> a lot good. of people liked Gold Bond for a name, which is pretty funny too. Yes, yeah. So here's some others that were thrown around. Not I didn't list all the ones that were thrown around because we'd be here all day. I mean, right. this was a. This is a conversation on the Discord that spanned across multiple days, I would yes. say. But so others that were throw, thrown around were a uh, gold member, Goldberg. Yeah. Uh, this one was uh, was your submission, Eric. Golden Chick, which is a uh, a chicken fast food chain that I think is actually pretty regional. I think you were yeah. right. A pretty regional. I think it's Texas. pretty much in Texas. Golden Corral. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. Golden Tea. Yep. Like the golf pretty game. Pretty good. Gold Standard. Gold dust. Goldfish. Gold dust was one of yeah, them. Gold dust was one of them. How did as nobody well? pick goldfish or goldfish and grits? You know what? Oh my God. Goldfish and grits. That's good. Uh, first of all, I would eat, I would put goldfish and grits oh, and eat no. it. That sounds, that sounds fantastic. I mean, it's just like cheese grits. That's fucking gross. Actually, it it's might be like okay. Cheese grits. I don't know. It might be okay. Um, and you know what? Khan, Mr. Khan himself, uh, who just recently joined the Discord and is a homie. I'm going to give him goldfish. That's perfect. Um, we also have liquid gold. <laughs> Which sounds like piss. Oh, I was thinking queso because I've oh. always heard queso be referred to as liquid gold. That's because you here. live in Texas. Um, tr very true. Very true. I think that is very much so a Texas thing. Uh, and then finally, uh, golden retriever. Oh, so lots of gold names. If uh, if you haven't chosen one, feel free to use yes. one of those. We talked about golden goldies last week. We chose our golden names. You all chose your golden names. It was a lot of fun. Now, we are reviewing Psychopathic Rida's first album. It's only I think it only makes sense for us to choose our Rida names. Aaron and I are going to choose ours, but we also want to know yours. So hit us up. Email twitter or instagram in the discord if you're there aaron have you chosen you know what i've th i've thought of i've thought of one that i think could be funny and uh but but at the same time it's a it's a verb oh so okay. it's kind of weird that's fine and i want you i want you to give me your honest opinion about it okay guncock <laughs> uh I don't. I don't know what to think about that. I. I mean. I don't think it's a problem to have a verb for. A, a I, name. I. I think. 
I think it's funny because it could also I could you know in my in my writer's character I could rap about having a gun for a penis and that would be hard as shit you know what i mean uh, yeah you could it would be indeed hard I, cu- I, cu- I come bullets bitch oh my god okay well now that you're doing this i guess you have to stick with it okay i'll st- okay guys guncock is mine just like uh, i could rap about piss as golden shower uh, i can rap about uh gun being my penis as guncock uh so that's mine eric I'm, i'd love to hear yours well, actually, I've been I've been writing them down as I think of them for the past few days. Here's the list that I came up with, and I just I want to I want to see what your thoughts are on some of these because I'll pick hit one. Hit me of with them. them. Yeah, uh, hit me with them. Trap House MD. <laughs> okay. Bob Floss. Ooh, that's good. Ratchet and Bank. Oh, that one's fun. Both gangsta terms and one of my favorite video games. Uh, how about this one, Lady Guala? No. How about this one? Bling I, Crosby. That one confuses me a little bit. Uh, Guala. Ooh, it's, it's, it's money. Guala. Guala. Bling, Bling Crosby is good. Bling Crosby. Faith Trill. Like Faith Ooh, Trill. Faith Trill. Okay. <laughs> that one might be my favorite. That one might be my favorite. Uh, Tim Gunn. <laughs> oh, my God. Of course. <laughs> okay. These ones Riders, are. Make it work. <laughs> make it work. Um. <laughs> I was thinking of of Tupac's Thug Life tattoo, and I thought this one uh-huh. would be perfect for me. Thug Light. Thug Light. Yeah, that was that's a good one. That's a good one. Okay, these ones are a little more uh, along the lines of traditional riders' names. King Chopper. No. King Chopper. I like that one. Okay. Hood God. The, the, Hood God sounds good, but it sounds like that sounds like a uh, a SoundCloud rapper. Oh, that's true. How about Fresh Kicks? Fresh Kicks. Oh, I like that one. Double Barrel. I don't know how nobody picked that one yet. That seems like a real double one. barrel. I feel like is yeah, is a very that should be a classic one, right? This one actually, I was driving down the road and I was just randomly assigning names to people that I saw. Just what's uh-huh. that person's name? And I passed this woman and I was like pistol tits, and I was like that's a pretty, it's <laughs> pretty good, right? Okay, uh, how about this one, young grandpa? Ooh, young grandpa, that's good. I like that one. Um, uh, these are all a little punny. I want to see if you pick up on them. Lil Stewart. Lil Stewart. It's like Stewart. I don't Lil. pick up on. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, how about this one? Lil Prince. Prince Little. No, just like the Little Prince. <laughs> um, right. And then the last one I've got. This is this is not like the rapper from the TV show Dave, but like the pants Lil Dickies, but it's also oh yeah. A pun. Yeah, that one's funny. Okay, Little of, Dickies. Of those, which should I pick? I want to force you to be pistol tits, but I can't. <laughs> and I, honestly, I think I think to go classic and to go yeah, I, honestly, double barrel is okay. badass. I'm gonna go with double barrel. If I didn't, right. I, I'd be trap house MD. That one's also good. So okay, so with your list of names, you went with very much. You, you know, you went with like. Oh, money names, pun names. Uh, whereas I stick, I I viciously stuck with just a weapon, right? With mine. <laughs> okay. Well, we both ended up Love with it. weapon names. So so we've got yeah, true. We've got guncock and uh, double barrel. Guys, uh, let us know what your psychopathic rider's name is, and if you've already talked about it in the Discord, talk about it again. When the episode releases, so I can make a, a list that I don't have to scroll back 
yeah. for like a week's worth of conversations to and, find. And also go ahead um, and just change your nickname to your ride. And, and feel free to use any of the ones I mentioned if you think they're good. Absolutely. And the one that I mentioned is mine, motherfuckers. Back off. Oh, uh, nobody's trying to steal yours. <laughs> oh, nobody wants to be guncock? No. Can, can you not just like picture like a, like a supervillain from a comic book that just like has a gun for a penis? Yeah. Yeah. I can picture it. I can actually picture the movie uh, from dusk till dawn where Tom Savini literally has a gun cock thing that he shoots with and kills. Well, boom, there you go. Kills vampires. Whoop, there it is. Yeah. Whoop, whoop, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, it's time to start talking about dumping. I had a great time listening eric i'm sure you did as well and i can't mm-hmm. wait to hear about the great time that you had gathering info that we need to know about this album uh before we get to our review so what you got for me i've got a lot of info on this one so first and foremost for context i think a lot of people already know this but just a reminder this album was released between the amazing jekyll brothers and bizarre bizarre so they were still on island records icp was still very much uh, getting a lot of mainstream attention. Uh, one reviewer even called this ICP's most consistent release to date and said it's a shame that this will never be released to the public, which is funny because now it has been. But uh, here's the info about the album. The story I've always heard, and basically the one that's on Wikipedia right now, is that when ICP and Psychopathic started blowing up in the late 90s, when Malenko came out, when Jekyll Brothers came out, a lot of critics were reviewing their stuff and basically saying that ICP and Twisted and these other artists were a bunch of wannabe rappers. Like, they're a bunch of white kids from Detroit trying to emulate real rappers. And apparently... The idea behind this was to release an album of music that was more stylistically acceptable for mainstream listeners and critics to flex their MC skills and say, look, we are rappers. See, we can do the the other thing as well. But it's also a joke, obviously. The other reason that they did this is because ICP had just started building the psychopathic roster out. So this was a, a a means of showcasing their new artists and getting their listeners acquainted with these other acts. So Twisted had only put out one album. Well, they put out Most Tasteless plus the re-release by that point. Uh, Misery just had an EP out, and Blaze was still in the process of recording his debut EP for uh, Psychopathic. So this was right at the beginning of that time where they were building out their, their roster and showing people who they've got. So allegedly, according to the liner notes in The Amazing Jekyll Brothers, ICP could not sell this illegal bootleg album, so they had to give it away for free. Now, Wikipedia says that there are a series of questions in the liner notes that you had to answer correctly to enter a contest and get a copy of Dumpin', which is not exactly right. There is a quiz in that booklet with multiple choice answers, Uh, To me, I think most of them are pretty obvious, uh, but each answer has a different number associated with it. And if you know the answers, very much like ICP was doing in the 90s and even into the 2000s, you would get a phone number to call. And then when you called the number, you'd get a message from Violent J basically telling you when and where you could go to get your free copy of this album. Uh, That I mean, that's ICP as fuck. Uh, That is ICP as fuck. But just for fun... I'm going to give you the quiz. I'm going to give you the quiz 22 years later, 
Now that you've listened to all this shit and you've listened to us idiots in the Discord chatting and talking about stuff and speculating, I think that you're going to do okay on this. I do. Let's let's give it a shot. What do you say? Hey, guess what? I'm going to fail, but let's do it. Okay. Uh, so the area code is 313. You don't have to do anything there. You got the first three numbers easily. Perfect. Okay, here's the first digit. Despite what you might often see them wearing, ICP has said many times that their favorite brand of clothing is what? Reebok, Polo, Pubu, fake ass imitation Fubu. I wanna, I wanna say Fubu. Well, it's, it's not Fubu, it's Pubu. Uh, because this was before the movie came out, but in Big Money Hustlers, they they feature Pubu shirts. Rerun has one on, uh, so it's definitely got to be Pubu, fake ass See, imitation. I Fubu. always. I always thought that Pubu was something that they made for the movie. It definitely was. But that's part of the joke. Okay, okay. Now now I get it. Now I get it. Now I get yeah. it. Okay. That makes uh, sense. The second digit. So Violent J often says that he would love to, but most likely will never get to, have sex with which famous celebrity? Celine Dion, the girl from Letters to Cleo, or Flo from Mel's Diner? Oh, it's definitely the girl from Letters to Cleo. Obviously. Right. We've yeah. talked all about We've that. We've talked about that. Yeah. Yes. Easy. The third digit. So Shaggy claims that because of his abnormally long nutsack, people, mostly chicks, often refer to him by what crazy name? I don't even have to give you the options, but I will. Stretch nuts, bouncy bowels, or naughty nuggets. It's, 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 come on guys. It's stretch nuts. Right. Obviously. I was, I was about to blurt it out before you even said anything. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fourth digit. According to the Big Ass Alone with Violent J internet interview at www.insaneclownposse.com, Jay wishes he could, but says he is way too gumpy and scrubby to ever get with what kind of chick? Tough bitches that fix cars, trailer park rock and roll style chicks with mad kids, or skater rave chicks and baggy pants with their underwear pulled up over their hips. What the fuck? I know this one because he directly references it in Rainbows and Stuff. Oh, does he really? Yeah. Oh, man. I forget. I forget what the reference was then. Uh, what was the first option? Tough bitches that fix cars. Yeah, I'm going to go with that one. No, it's it's Raver Ooh. Chicks. Oh, that was, was going to be my number two. Raver Chicks and Kung Fu Flicks. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, fifth digit. While on tour, Shaggy, along with his two drinking buddies, Billy Bill and Tom Dub, call themselves the Triple Threat. Together, they like to do what? Have lunch with key city officials? Shoot heroin and have unprotected sex with junkie hookers? Or get sauced up and try to pull dancer chicks from titty bars? Number three. Clearly. Uh, that one is yeah. easy. Sixth yeah. digit. In the first match of ICP's famous Strangle Mania video, Cactus Sack defeats who? This is going to be tough because you haven't watched Strangle Mania yet. I have. But who does Cactus Sack defeat? Lama Namanumi, Giant Gonzalez, or SD Special Delivery Jones? We are number three. It's Lama Namanumi. Damn it. I should have just said one. Yeah. Okay. Last digit. ICP's longtime homie, Billy Bill, often finds himself in jail for what crime? Male prostitution, smuggling chemical warfare, or punching faces? What was the first option? Male prostitution. What was the second option? Smuggling chemical warfare. What was the third option? Punching faces. What was the question? 
What does Billy Bill often find himself in jail for? <laughs> I was gonna see how how long you. <laughs> uh, I'll do it until you want to stop. Um, <laughs> we we can just have you repeat things all day. <laughs> um, number two. No, he doesn't smuggle chemical warfare. He punches faces. Billy Bill's a brawler. Oh no, of course not. Yeah, what am I? I'm I'm getting in my head here. So here's the deal. You would have had to, I think, probably by your second guess on most of these, uh, gotten the number right. But I wonder how many wrong numbers and how many random people in Detroit you would have called and been like, is this ICP? And they'd be like, no, fuck you. I'm sick of getting phone calls. Or they'll be like, no, you fucking idiot. You got this question wrong. Like they're a super fans and they've already <laughs> like figured it out. Or they know <laughs> you fucking they've idiot. gotten you so got many calls wrong. They've gotten so many calls that they're like, look, the correct answer for number six is Lama Namanumi. Dial an eight right. instead of a seven. Yeah. <laughs> there are and, many, uh, many options there. You could get a lot of different numbers. And I'm sure a lot of people got wrong number calls. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really funny. Well, you did okay with that. You did all right. Yeah, you know, I think I did decent. Yeah. All right, so so back to the facts about this album. Uh, we've talked about this before. This album and Psychopathics from Outer Space were released on Psychopathics imprint label Joe and Joey Records. Uh, the reason they did this, as we've discussed, uh, is because Dumpin uses existing instrumental beats from popular artists uh, that they did not clear the rights for. They just used them and put it on a CD and released it. The idea here was uh, if they get sued for it, Joe and Joey records will get shut down, but it won't hurt psychopathic. I'm still not sure how that works, but apparently it, it worked out just fine. So that seems like an overly simple loophole, like a loophole that shouldn't even be a loophole because like the law would have caught it the first right. time. We'll just start our own label, a secondary label to the label that we already have, and it'll be fine. I mean, I'm by just, all legal I'm just rights. going to start a label and release uh, all of Billie Eilish's music <laughs> with no changes at all, make a killing off of it. And if the label gets shut down, I'm not in trouble. I'll tell you what, William Eyelash would sue your ass, not the label. It's true. <laughs> but the label is an LLC. It's limited liability. Oh, well, it's good. You don't want to have full liability. Limited liability is going to save you there. Limited liability means the business owner's liability for debts is restricted to the amount they put into the business. With unlimited liability, the business owner is personally responsible for any loss the business makes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, we're talking about things that I have, I have right. no fucking clue Doesn't about. Doesn't even matter. That's fine. We can just say right. anything. But anyway, because of this whole dynamic of this is technically being a bootleg album, sort of, although I don't know copyright law particularly well, but I do know that there is uh, fair use when it comes to parody. And every one of these songs definitely constitutes a parody, so they yeah. may be able to get around it in that regard as well. Anyway... Because of the illegal nature of this album, the internet claims that these albums could never be released officially or sold in stores, but that's a fucking load of hot bullshit because I remember ICP hyping up the retail release for Dumpin' and Psychopathics from Outer Space in April of 2000, and I went to Blue Note Records in Fort Lauderdale with my friends the day they released, and I picked them both up. So, damn, there's that, I don't, am I crazy? 
Does anybody else remember this? Now, I don't know how that worked. It may have been just an independent record stores kind of thing. Maybe even Blue Note just did whatever you had to do to get these. I don't think so. But inside the albums, it says 5,000 were produced. I don't know if that was the original run from when they were giving them away from Jekyll Brothers or if that was just the re-release uh, physicals in stores run, or they did a whole bunch of them for stores, but just left the 5,000 from when they were produced for the giveaways. I don't know, but I want to know, does anybody else remember ICP hyping these up on their website and then buying these at the store? That's what I want to know. Cause I did for sure. Let it guys. If you, if you share any of these memories with Eric, let us know. Yeah. Or maybe I'm crazy. Also, this album is on streaming, streaming services and for sale digitally. So Either they secured the rights or that fair use parody uh, loophole got them out of it. One of the two. All right. I'm going to get into more on this album, but real quick, I just glanced over and I see everybody talking in discord and they're all trying to get in to this, this chat so that they can hear what we're talking about. And Sarah wants to be in here really bad, really bad. We'll figure that out. We'll get Sarah on one of these at some point. So let's get back to the album here. What they did was they all took on different personas. They wrapped under under pseudo pseudonyms because they already are operating under pseudonyms. But Violent J took on the persona of Bullet. Shaggy took on the persona of Full Clip. Jamie Madrox is Lil Shank. Monoxide is Fofo. Misery is Twin Gats. And Blaze is Cell Block. I think that might have just been for fun, but I also think uh, if they're trying not to get sued, might be better to not use uh, the the names that they use for their real projects. I don't know. But over the years, they did introduce new members into the group for subsequent releases. There were seven other albums and EPs, by the way. Uh, So Anybody Killa, Esham, and Boondocks were all involved at one point or another. And it's, you know, it's not a review list, but I did see that one of the Pendulum issues came with a three-song Rida's EP that released between this album and the next one. I wonder if maybe we should include that in our next review and talk about those songs as well. I don't know. Ooh. Maybe. Possibly. Uh, By the way, these uh, names, compared to the Golden Goldies names, these names are a little disappointing. Well, I think they're not supposed to be funny, right? Yeah, I, I mean they're a little funny, but, but even but then, not they're funny. not even that hard. I don't, Bullet's a pretty tough name. Bullet's tough. Cell block, Cell is, block tough. is is I think probably has to be the toughest. Yeah, like Lil Shank. I think Cell Block is a perfect name for Blaze because that voice, like, there's just something about oh, yeah. that that just you it know. Fits him. Yeah. I, have you ever seen pictures or videos of psychopathic riders playing shows? I have not, no. Okay, so rather than the face paint that they would normally wear for their individual projects, they all wear, like, bandanas over their head and then one over their nose and mouth, and they put on sunglasses, and they all have, like, oversized flannel shirts with, like, Dickies shorts and, like, just the full thug drip going on and, like, extra bandanas around their arms and legs. It's, like, all bandanaed up, and it's it's actually pretty funny to see. The bandana industry has everything to thank. Yeah. As when it comes to uh, psychopathic riders. They even throw bandanas out into the crowd. So to me, as Fago is to the insane clown posse, bandanas are to the psychopathic riders. There's I a, would say that that's canon. Absolutely. Yeah. There's an analogy there. Anyway, 
you're you're definitely aware of this because I think there's been quite a bit of conversation about it. But uh, most of the members of Psychopathic Riders are no longer on Psychopathic Records, and because of this, Psychopathic Riders was reformed by Twisted and multiple members of the Magic Ninja Entertainment roster, as well as just friends of that label in general, and they became just the Riders. But we'll talk more about that in season like seven or something. Oh, absolutely. That'll be season seven for sure. Yes. That was a very roundabout way to talk about this album, but we talked about a lot. Now, you know, now, you know, in, 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 in that, as always, Eric, I thank you because it gave me the sweet, delicious nuggets of knowledge that I needed gold nuggets. To listen to this properly. It gave me the gold nuggets and, and, uh, I filled, I filled the bed of my black truck with gold nuggets of knowledge. Perfect. So let's start uh, with our review. Why not? Let's. Uh, and of course, we are going to start, as always, with the album cover. We have a background that is uh, money. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks to be like primarily $5 bills. Oh, I see uh, although 50. only one of them. No, oh, there's a 50. There's 50. A 50. Yeah, there's a five up in the front, but there's a bunch of 50s in the back. Okay, I see yeah, there's 20. some 50s in the back. Yeah, okay. So it's various bills with psychopathic riders written in white dumping under it in red that real gangsta shit from them real killers in white and then it has uh everybody's name in red below that uh very text heavy yeah kind of has like a uh a permanent marker written type font to it right yeah uh, looks like it's it was written in like a big like thick sharpie with i think that's what sequence it's it's like uh, the, it's prismatic print so when you you hold it it like shines in the sun and reflects right. rainbow colors and then the red is like glitter glitter print okay there we go there we go for what it is i, I kind of like this album cover i think it's pretty cool the the font they chose does not have a particularly gangster feel it doesn't have a no. very thuggy look the biggest standout to me is they split psychopathic into two words and didn't hyphenate. Kind of uh, strange. Yeah. So it's not the way it's written here. It's not one word split into two lines. It is two separate words. Psychopathic riders. Very weird. Very weird indeed. Yeah. I'd, uh, this is a very simple album cover that. This is this is the one thing really about uh, this album that does not fit the theme of the album to me. But yeah, uh, there's one one thing in specific that I want to talk about on on the CD. But I'll let you describe what it is. Yeah, so we got the CD here, and it's actually kind of an interesting print because rather than a full CD print, you've got a lot of the silver coming through. So. Uh, the the background is silver with uh, banded stacks of cash uh, laid over mm-hmm. the bottom half of the CD and then psychopathic riders at the top. And I now realize when you take away that prismatic print, it looks like the Angry Birds font quite a bit. Oh, no, you're right. But then Dumpin' is actually the silver of the CD coming through in the negative space uh, down over the money. And at the bottom, it's got a copyright and protected properties logo. 2000 Joe and Joey records, all wrongs reserved. Yes. But there's still a copyright logo on there. So they've copywritten uh, some aspect of this. I saw the all wrongs reserved, and that's what really stood out to me the most uh, about the CD. I think the CD looks cool. 
Um, it's an interesting CD to look at. You're right. Once you take that prismatic uh, finish away, it's very clear that the uh, makers of Angry Birds were huge Psychopathic Riders fans because they ripped the Angry Birds font uh, directly from, from yeah. Psychopathic Riders. I think it's probably a uh, a rip logo yeah. and that uh, yeah. nobody got until right now. Yeah, only only like the the people that were involved in this and like really big fans we're aware that the Angry Birds logo is a psychopathic Ritus rip. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's 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 something that I think now that we're bringing it to light is going to be a huge scandal. <laughs> now that when people realize what has happened here, there will be hell to pay. There will be hell to pay. You want to look at the back Let's of this thing? Back. Yeah. yeah. First things first. Okay, first things first. The prismatic finishes back. The glitter yeah. finishes back. Yeah. There's two important things about this. Yes. One of them is the copyright down below. Right. And copyright. I'll, 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 yeah, of course. I'll read it in its entirety in one second. The other one is the special uh, Hatchet Man logo with a gun that was made for this. Yeah, it's almost like a like an Uzi man. Maybe I can't really tell what type of gun that is Same. because it's like a, a mix between like an Uzi and an AK. Right. But there's no, like there's no stock on it. And right. you know, the clip goes in the handle. Like it would be a pistol. It's not like a separate clip. That's why I said Uzi. Cause the back half so, of it kind of looks like an Uzi, but then the front half yeah. looks more like a, like a rifle a little bit more. Not really sure. If anybody has any info about what type of gun this is, let us know. It's, it's a made-up uh, let's, let's, uh, it, It's got to be made up. Let's read the copy wrong. Okay, so it says Joe and Joey Records, copy wrong, 2000. Way wrong. We fucking stole all the beats. Yo, on some songs, we sound better than the mudda fucka. Mudda, M-U-D-D-A, fucka, whose beat it originally was. Anyways, we stole it and we sold it. What? Only 5,000 made, so hurry up, get one, and get gone. See, this says they sold it. It does, yes. This says that they sold it, and I think I think they probably had this made up. Well, I don't know. They might they might have say- had the intention to sell it, and Island was like, do not fucking sell this. <laughs> you never know. You know what? That, that probably, I was going to say, they probably, yeah, made it with the intention of selling it, and then... They were like, and they were told, hey, you don't fucking, like, you can, even on a fake record label, you can't fucking sell this thing. But it's got um, a barcode on it, which supports my theory that it was sold in stores. Because if you're giving away a free CD, why put a barcode on it? Yeah, why well, have a barcode? That's weird. Agreed. Well, there you go. That's the, what did you think of the album overall, the album art? How do you feel about it? Um, For what it is, I like it. Okay. I think if this was a an ICP album artwork, I think I'd probably be like shitting on it a little bit. But I the only thing is, that I like about it is that the the bootleg feel of it translates big time here. Yeah, and and, and that's exactly I think why it appeals to me so much because it doesn't feel like it was this produced prepared thing. It feels right. very much so bootleg. That's why that part uh, works. which which the vibe obviously of this entire album is bootleg shit yeah uh so yeah i think i think it works in that way obviously i would have liked to see a better font but you know but i that, i mean i think that's even still part of it it just it just factors in plays into it like yeah. does it kind of suck yes but 
does that fit perfectly with what they're doing? Yeah, pretty much. I think. Yeah, no, I absolutely think so. Um, well, hey, we think it's okay. Yeah. Now it's time to go track by track. Let's. This first track is a title track. The music from this was taken from Pistol Grip Pump by Above the Law. Uh, the track is called Dumpin'. Eric, what do you got? Well, first off, I'm calling out Mustard here because I took the time to research and even listen to both side by side to confirm that I've got all of the correct original taken from tracks listed here. So if you listen, we're giving you the info to add to every track on this album and let people know where the original instrumental tracks were taken from, because that information is not widely available online. So with that said, uh, my thoughts on Dumpin'. I think this is a pretty hard start. Like this is, this is hard as fuck. The way to start the album. This is good. Uh, we get that little intro by Jamie Madrox, which this very much supports the free giveaway sort of feel of it. Like you got the album, like you did the stuff to get it. Now you got it. Now meet the Ridus crew, right? So mm-hmm. after that, Jay comes in with a hard ass verse. It feels very much like a straightforward, like, on brand gangster rap verse. Uh, I love that he ends with you don't want to see me clown motherfucker, which is a fun callback to ICP. It's a good reminder of, oh yeah, this isn't just uh, a straightforward rap album. And then I think all of the other MCs continue to drop like really hard ass verses. I think the hook is tough and catchy and we've talked about this before, but on this song and on this album, we do hear Twisted and Blaze dropping the N-word very casually in reference to themselves and their friends at the time. I know it's hard to believe, but that wasn't particularly weird. Uh, they did stop doing it pretty quickly after this. Oh, really? Wait until you hear the next Riders album. But in the 90s, I, I don't think they were saying it in a... Uh, I, they shouldn't be saying the word, like, clearly. But there were a lot of artists who were white at the time that were using the word in songs, but not in a racist specifically like calling somebody in a racist way, the N word, but using it casually the way they would hear other rappers using it, uh, even though they shouldn't be. But it was a very, like, I almost forgot about it. And then it got to that and I went, whoa, forgot about this. But yeah, I, I'm not trying to justify that they did it. Just talking about the fact that really at the time, Nobody was listening to this, like, trying to cancel them over it. They were just like, oh, yeah, that's normal. Um, And now you couldn't get away with that. So uh, what are your thoughts? I kind of had a little bit of something about that. Yeah, we hear that a couple times throughout the album. It's not particularly weird because of the time, but obviously they shouldn't be saying it. And it's a good thing that they've stopped and that they stopped pretty quickly after this. Oh, really? Wait until you hear the next Riders album. Same thing can be said about a little uh, later in the album, uh violent j drops the f slur uh the only thing that we can't say is the same is that uh they still fucking do that sometimes yeah i know so i thought it was shaggy maybe they both do um, i don't know but yeah it, oh it, you know it could have been shaggy well we'll get to it when we get to yeah. it. They, it it's also very possible that they both do so uh i think my favorite everybody's verse was hard as hell yeah everybody's verse was hard as hell but cell block aka blazy dead homie at the very end I think had the hardest verse. Uh, he killed it. I think that they worked with this beat super well. There's there's some songs on this album, one or two in particular, where I feel like 
they didn't quite work with the beat that well, but this is one that they definitely worked with the beat well, and, and, and the beat was indicative of the vibe that they were going with. The chorus was was great in this one, super catchy. All in all, this shit was like super hard. It was super gangster rap, and uh, I, I, I like this song a lot. Yeah, I felt the same. And again, I, I will agree with you on Blaze. I've always loved Blaze's just vocal tone and delivery. And for this style, damn, it just works. For some of these tracks, like oh. it just fits right in like he was always supposed to be there. I've I've got Blaze. Uh, I, I I talk about Blaze all throughout this fucking album. Yeah, no, I'm the same way. I mean, I think I think Cell Block is our rolled gold this week. Yeah, I think you're right. I know we're only one song in, but fuck it. Like I think Cell Block is our rolled gold because his tone and his vocal stylings fit with this style so well. Yeah, yeah. I think Misery as well does. Just Misery is like belongs on this type of music. And honestly, when you listen to Misery's EP, it's closer to this type of style, honestly, than the other right. artists, so it doesn't shock me. But let's move on to track two. This one's called Skrilla Forilla, and the music is taken from Sweet Dreams by Nas. Uh, what were your thoughts? First of all, I love the name of this song. I think it's hilarious. Yes. The the name of this song and, and the a lot of the vibe of this whole album, really, Gives me big uh, J-Rock from Trailer Park Boys vibes. I love this name. I love this beat. I I'm mildly familiar with the original song, uh, but I, I think that they work with this beat yet again very well. Jamie Madrox had a super dope verse. Uh, he hit that N-word, but he had a super dope verse. Uh, the chorus is incredibly catchy on this one. Violent J's verse seemed a little out of his wheelhouse, though. Is that how it seemed? I mean, like sonically out of his wheelhouse, I guess. Lyrically, this was very much so a Violent J type verse, but sonically, like, I don't know, like, and maybe it's just because I know his voice better than everybody else's voice on this, in this group, right? Yeah. But he, his verse just seemed a little not tough but sounding like it was supposed to be tough. Yeah. I have similar notes here and I would, you know, so I think the beat is cool. I think the hook sounds great. Jay's singing sounds really good here. The song is all about making money, obviously Skrilla Farilla. And really that's all you need to know about theming of this song. But I agree with you. I had to laugh because Violent J's verse in this song, second track in, kind of feels like maybe he forgot what the theme of this album was and that this isn't just an ICP album. Because it feels like the content of what he's delivering and his delivery, everybody else is dropping these straightforward sort of gangster rap tough verses. And Violent J comes in with a verse that feels like it's out of a more silly ICP track. It just doesn't, it doesn't quite fit. That's going to be an ongoing theme throughout the album yeah i would say so it is i would say that it is going to be i think blaze killed it his first line uh i'm getting paid cash money cheddar cheese just picked up eight pounds of weed i, I always i always love it when money is referred to as uh dairy products uh he uh, does he so. refers to money as dairy quite a bit throughout quite often yes quite often and and every single time i love it but yeah no he uh he killed it 
Oh, by the way, I said Jamie Madrox uh, said the N-word. I need to go back and uh, repeal that and say it was actually Monoxide Child. It was not Ah. Madrox. Don't worry. Jamie Madrox says it later. Yeah, guys, don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get upset. He says it later. I promise. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Anyways, Violent J's verse aside, which didn't really fit that well. I've enjoyed the shit out of this song. Yeah. You know, Dumpin' and Skrilla Farilla set a very good tone for what to expect. I agree. Great, great way to start the album. The one thing that I thought was kind of funny about uh, Jay's part of the song is at the very end, he's just kind of talking and he says, Rida's eating steak, you at home eating sliders. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. And then I also thought, like, man, I would also wouldn't mind eating sliders though. Yeah. Like, that's still pretty that's good. Not that bad. And it's not people, that bad. You know, sliders. You don't generally eat those at home. You're getting sliders when you go out somewhere. Come on. Yeah, unless you get the White Castle sliders. Oh, that's true. That are frozen, and then it's probably one of the saddest meals in the world. But yeah. you know, yeah, pretty sad. Uh, may, maybe, maybe if you re-record this, Jay, why don't why why don't you know one day if you re-record this. Why don't you specify White Castle sliders uh, and specify so we know frozen White Castle sliders that you reheated at home? Co- yeah, correct. Not sliders you get at White Castle, although that is still pretty sad. It's just a cut above just being in your underwear in a dimly lit apartment, apartment just staring into your microwave wearily as you see the disc spin around with that package of uh, sliders in there. I mean, it's really not that different from being at the restaurant. Yeah, except for you're not the one staring in the microwave in your underwear. The cook is. Yeah. Are you a slider? Do you slide? Whoop, whoop. <laughs> well, hey, let's move on to the uh, the next song here. This is a song. The uh, music is taken from Who in the Fuck by MC Ren. Are you a rider? So uh, Jay has the first verse on the song, and again, he's very clearly incapable of delivering a verse that isn't silly, because he starts with, I don't need you all up on my nuts no more. That's what the wrinkles are there for. Recognize. And then he says at some point later, I've been inside your puss so many times it's loopy. I look at you naked and my dick goes droopy. And I was like, none of this sounds like hard ass, like West Coast gangster rap stuff. This sounds silly. This sounds, but again, they aren't. That's not a bad verse. If you had dropped it into a song on Bizarre Bizarre, it would have fit right in. And you would have been like, that's funny as fuck. You see what I'm saying? Like, just doesn't really belong here because everybody else brings it with legit verses. And although so the whole tone of this album or what supposedly I think it's supposed to be is tongue in cheek. Right. And they do that really well. It's. They're, they're giving fairly straight-faced and could almost pass for actual gangster rap verses, but there's just enough tongue-in-cheek in there that you get that they're making a joke. Uh, again, especially on this song, Misery and Blaze, whose cadences and lyrics and tone really mesh well with the style. They, they feel pretty seamless on it. And Twisted does it really well as too, but there's, I think it's a little more obvious that they're poking fun at the genre even more. The hook to the song is super self-aware and tongue-in-cheek without being outwardly jokey and they even managed to sneak some whoop whoops in there which it doesn't even sound out of place it actually works really well and it's that kind of stuff like i don't think you need to drop goofy icp verses like jay did in this to remind people that you're listening to an icp album you can sneak in stuff like the whoop whoops in the chorus and stuff but uh 
overall, I think this is pretty good. Uh, what what were your thoughts? Yeah, I thought that this song was uh, was really good. Again, worked with the beat very well with their vibe. Uh, all, you know, all the beats save one of them, which we'll get to uh, pretty soon. I think they pick the right beats for the right vibe. I also have that first verse, uh, the first line of that first verse written down. Yeah, no, Jay, he just, there's a nuance to making this whole thing tongue in cheek and everybody else besides ICP really understands that nuance and they, they just don't, they just come in hard with these silly verses, which you're right would go great on uh again bizarre bizarre this first verse on are you a rider would fit great on bizarre bizarre yeah. shaggy does a pretty decent job of it some of his uh veer a little more on the line of outward jokey and silly but if you're just listening it sounds like what he's doing fits he's he's sort of uh, the way twisted is a little more obviously poking fun. Shaggy does have a couple verses here and there that are like cross the line big time into, okay, this would be funny on an ICP track, but doesn't necessarily fit with the theming here. But he does better than Jay. Jay has like two songs where I'm like, yes, that verse is exactly what you need to do, like the first track. And then the rest of them, I'm like, you're just doing violent Jay shit. And that's fine. Yeah, and I mean, it's something that you're good at. Right. But let's call it what it is. And what it is, is an ICP verse in a psychopathic ride is song. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, there's, there's distinct differences and yeah, he just kind of hops that line freely whenever he wants. Uh, and you're right. Shaggy does a a little bit better of a job where, you know, if you're just like you said, if you you know, tune it out and just sort of have it on in the background, his verses aren't going to take you out of it and make you start like, wait a minute, hold on. Hey, you're right. Uh, whereas uh, Violent J's, the, his first verse on this one was one that I was like, okay, hold on, run that back. What was that? <laughs> yeah, everybody has that nuance ex- except for Violent J and at some points Shaggy. It's a common theme. Let's. It's something that we're probably going to talk about a couple more times. We'll see. Yes. Uh, but overall, I, I heavily enjoyed this song uh, despite... Violent J's weird first verse. I think the chorus was very catchy. This this is a cool one. This yeah. is a super cool one. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think we're also going to talk about that topic in this next one. It's track four. It's called Every Day. Every has three syllables in this song. And the music is taken from Better Days by WC from Westside Connection. What are your thoughts on Every Day? Hated the chorus on this one. <laughs> Now, first, first of all, I don't know what their fixation on with black, uh, what their fixation is with black trucks. It's just a thing. Black trucks are just mentioned in in pretty much every song. But I want I wanted to throw that out there, and that's I that's probably why you put it in the uh, intro for today. It is because it's just a thing. You're right. So here's um, a question for you: How old were you in like 1999, 2000? I would have been like five. Let's see, six. Um. Let's see, I was seven when the plane hit the two towers, so one year before <laughs> that, I was six. Okay, uh. <laughs> so you probably didn't have the same awareness, but I think it was around this time when when at least in popular rap music and, and celebrities, it was all about getting the the big black SUVs, right? It was about driving navigators and driving Escalades. And this is where that, this was around the time that that all really started. So 
when they're talking about driving around in black trucks and stuff, that's what they're referencing. They're referencing that sort of trend that had been becoming more common. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. It, it was just something worth mentioning that they just love their black trucks. They do. For sure. My second note on this was uh, Violent J's verse. What the fuck? <laughs> Same. Because it is something. This um, might be the most off-brand verse he puts into a song. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird. There's some onomatopoeia in it. That's the right word, right? I mean, that's a word that uh, sounds like the sound it's describing. Yes. So burr. Yeah. When he says burr, that's an onomatopoeia. Okay. So that was right. I, I'm correct. I did it, guys. Give me a cookie. He's got now, two. He's got two verses in this one, and they're both like, "What's happening?" Yeah. So the first one I feel like is a little less what's happening than the second. I'd one. agree. I'd agree. The second one is big time. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And this this is this is not including this is not including him talking at the end, nor uh, him talking at the beginning. These are like two proper verses. Yes. Uh, I'll, I'll go and read a few lines from the second verse. Uh, every day I slap a bitch in her lips, kick her in the ass, twist her nipples. Then I grab her by the hips and fuck her in the butt. Uh, uh, what? You know, what? I'm just going to finish it out. I gives a fuck. I'd fuck her with a used rubber after my homeboy's done with it. Fun. Forget it. I admit it. I wouldn't do that because my dick wouldn't fit in a rubber. It's too fat. With this just this was the most take me out of a song verse i think on <laughs> yeah. this entire album <laughs> yeah i have some thoughts on that i'll share it in a moment but yeah cool cool yeah uh to fit just to finish out my um my stuff i think misery did a uh a great job i think it, with, with his two verses i think blaze did a great job even even shaggy two dope uh had a had a pretty good verse on this one and then I wrote down, okay, so Violent J talking at the end. One of the things that I thought was great was uh, we riders riding on your streets, jacking your beats, licking your bitches' feet. <laughs> I don't get it. I thought it was really funny. It's funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's weird. It's funny. Uh, I would say that that is more nuanced as far as tongue in cheek than every day I slap a bitch in her lips, kick her in the <laughs> ass, twist her nipples. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. So I want to start at the very beginning of the song. It's not really an intro, but I guess it kind of is. But it, Jay seems completely drunk here or something because he's like, yo, where's Twin Gats? And then you hear Misery somewhere say something. And then he goes, okay, now let's sell block. Uh, come on. Like almost like he didn't know who was supposed to start the song or something. And he was like, oh, like... I don't know if if when he calls out misery, misery's like it's not me, it's, it's Blaze. Oh, this is Blaze. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what happened there. I don't assume they're all standing in a circle around a microphone, but it was really like, why did you leave this in? Because it sounds wrong. But I, again, I thought Blaze when he did start had a solid verse. It sounded really good. The thing about Jay's first verse that I want to talk about is he has a, a verse where he says Tuesday. Is the day that that the riders kill all fools, and that's the day that he puts ghetto vets in wheelchairs and pushes them down staircases. Just 
to see the look on their faces. This is where that uh, onomatopoeic uh, expression comes in. Apparently, the sound of them going down the stairs is is that or whatever it is. Then he says he's sick in the brain. And all the same, it's an everyday thing. No, it's fucking not. You just told us it's only on Tuesdays. So is it every day or is it Tuesdays? Like, come on. Aside from that, though, there's a very chill beat. I think, uh, except for Violent J, everybody delivers very on-theme verses. I think the hook is fine. And along with uh, things in the hook like Black Trucks Bumping and Banking Skrilla, they sneak in. Running with the hatchet is an everyday thing, which is a nice little reminder for the actual fans but if somehow this got into your hands and you weren't a fan you wouldn't go that feels so out of place you know i think that's the kind of fun stuff that they're they're putting in that second violent j verse i don't need to repeat everything because you already said it my thought on this i would love to hear you say no i don't need to go through it (laughs) um Almost all of, like I said, almost all of Violent J's verses on this album are so goofy, they feel out of place. And when I tried to make sense of that in my head, it occurred to me that even though this is an album made for the mainstream reviewers and fans that were calling them fake, this is an album made for their fans. So I think Violent J's verses and some of these other things are the things that let you know this is still an ICP and psychopathic project. Like a little reminder, a little something for the fans, a little reminder for people that might be a mainstream reviewer hearing this, that this is a psychopathic project. And for somebody like me who picked this up at the time and was like, this is not a style of music I like, it's adding just enough of the ICP stuff that I do like that it kept me interested. So I think there's there's some value to it. Like we're harping on it, but I'm trying to find the, why is it like that? You know what I mean? And I think that could be part of it. That definitely, it could have been a very, you know, they could be very well-placed verses that keep the, the fans of them and their normal stuff tuned in. It it could be that. Absolutely. Or it could just be violent J's absolute incapability of doing things that don't sound violent J because when we get to other projects, you're going to go, Oh, Hey, violent J is doing the same thing here that he did on psychopathic riders. You know, it could be a genius move. It also could be violent J gets in the booth, spits this verse and everybody else like misery and blade blaze and stuff are like, uh, okay. Hey, let's yeah, yeah. Uh, move on. I you, guess <laughs> you're, you're paying for all this, right? Cool. Do whatever yeah, you want. Yeah. Yeah, you're you you're footing the bill for this session, right? Okay, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, do do your thing. Uh, <laughs> well, hey, uh, okay, so that was uh, every day. Yes. Let's move on to the next song, which is the beat from uh, "The World Is Mine" by Westside Connection. Another Westside Connection beat, and yeah, it's not going to be the last. Yeah, I think there's three of them. Um, in fact, I think I comment on, yeah, on this song, I say, man, they love West Side Connection beats. But, okay, so this is uh, The World Is Mine by West Side Connection, Rida Hata. Eric, what'd you think? Yeah, I think this beat is just okay. And I actually wanted to, uh, I think, mention that as well. You said this is this is one of three beats from West Side Connection. Uh, there are also three from Cypress Hill, uh Two of them are of the same song, for that matter. I don't know that they proactively selected tracks that they were like, oh, this is the one I like. I think they grabbed whatever instrumental tracks were easy to find or that they had 
and used right. it. I think it was more a, a symptom of this is all we can work with than a symptom of these are the songs we like best. It just so happens that three of them are from the same Cypress Hill single or whatever, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, I get that. That's that's my thought. But anyway, on Ride Hata, this is a decent beat. It feels on brand. Uh, the hook is just okay to me, but the buck bucks are funny. They, they sound pretty tough. I always think that's funny as fuck when that stuff's in a song. Uh, on this one, I do think Jay actually delivers a pretty straightforward verse. It's not super goofy. Doesn't yank you out of it the same way as the other ones. To your point, we should probably be counting the number of times they reference black trucks on this album, which is hilarious because it's in almost every song. They should have just put one on the album cover. Hint, hint, wait for the next one. Uh, every verse on this track is hard. I think Monoxide's verse at the end is probably the best one to me. But what were your thoughts? Outside of the note that I had about the West Side Connection beats, I think the flows are super, super solid. They worked with this beat very well, just like they, they really have been this entire time. I think Monoxide Child, Mr. Fofo himself, had a fantastic end, ver- end verse, and it, it really ended it uh, very well. And honestly, Blaze and Monoxide sort of rounded out this song with their last two verses, and they both fucking killed it. Yeah. Chorus, I was not really a fan, a fan of. The Buck Buck stuff, I, I, I kind of don't really like that stuff, uh, and I haven't ever really liked that stuff. But uh, you're right. I, I wrote that you're, you're absolutely right. Violent J delivers a cohesive, non-silly verse that worked in this song. And and so it proved that, hey, you don't have to like he, it's not the only thing he knows. It's just what he is his crutch. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We all have those types of crutches artistically. Sure. And that that is his and uh but but he proves that he can step outside of it and walk without a crutch. This is the Dare second I say time. run. I, uh, yeah, sure if you really want to. <laughs> you know what? I dare. Uh yeah, no, this is this is the second time uh he's delivered uh you know uh a non-crutched verse and it, it worked very well. Um Madrox's verse I think was was really good. Uh referenced a band uh, which you you actually annotated this. Yeah. <laughs> referenced a Swedish rock band called the Cardigans. I'm pretty sure that's uh, the reference here. I th- You know what? I think it is because when I was listening to this earlier in the week, I heard that and I was like, wait a minute, that sounds familiar. And so I, 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 w- I was like, I think it's a song called like Love Something, Love Something. Took me a couple days to, to remember Love Fool. Yeah, Swedish rock band The Cardigans. I yeah. think you're absolutely correct in this. Yeah, also, which is an interesting reference and and under the radar. Oh yeah, snuck it in. Very under the radar. Also talks about money as uh, cheddar dairy products. Uh, so big old shout out to Madrox for that. We love it. Uh, but yeah, no, I think this song was was a pretty good song. Although I didn't like the chorus as much. Uh, the verses were all solid. Sick. Well, let's move on to track six. This one is called Slug and Yanagin, and the music was taken from Throw You Set in the Air Club Remix by Cypress Hill. Tell us about Slug and Yanagin. So this was where Shaggy rips that F slur uh, in the first verse. I think that this song is a little more silly 
and even intended to be a little more silly than the other ones because you know they're talking about you know shooting people in the uh in in the face in the head pretty much slug in your noggin obviously i and so with that being said i love violent j's verse in this song because it fits because i feel like this song is more silly than it was intended to be more silly than the rest so his verse, my turn. Uh, wait, let me check this. One bullet. Oh, damn, I miss. And I'm going to have to walk all the way over there and stick something sharp in your neck. Whack. Which I thought was was funny. Just the imagery of like, okay, I'm like, let me point this gun. I shoot. I miss. Oh, son of a bitch. Now I got to walk all the way over there to kill this guy. Like just the laziness of murdering this person, I think, uh, is really fucking funny. But then, but then he delivers a couple hard lines after that. It, it's like a pretty you know, half silly, half hard as fuck ending out with, uh, talking about Bushwick bills. I, which, uh, a hard line. Sorry, Bushwick bill. Then misery deliver delivers a, a hard line or a hard verse. Blaze delivers a hard verse. Shaggy had a, a hard verse at the end. I mean, I think Shaggy's verse lyrically was hard, but I don't think he found the beat with his flows because a lot of them sounded a little jumbled, a little slightly offbeat uh, on that ending verse. The first verse, you know, F slur aside sounded great. The second verse, he, I think he kind of, that's where he sort of shit the bed and lost it. Uh, this song would probably be better if uh, they ended with blazes hard ass verse. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the song? Uh, well, you know, the track is first off hilarious to me. And I think you're right that this one's a little more jokey just overall, like the overarching theming is jokey because I can't picture a bunch of hard ass thugs using the term noggin. That's a word my grandma used to say. Also, when I first heard it, my brain registered it as slugging your noggin, like punching you in the head, which seemed even funnier. Uh, yeah. which is another like grandma term, like slugging somebody and, uh, uh, later figured out like, Oh, it's slug in your noggin. Like when I actually like paid attention to it. Um, I don't love this beat, but again, the beats on this album only half matter since they clearly just used what they could find on this one. I, you know, I, I also want to talk about Jay's verse and Shaggy's verse, but Jay's verse to me has like nothing to do with gangster shit. It's like a hundred percent, just an ICP verse. Uh, it very much reminds me of his delivery on the, uh, the, the song pumpkin carvers from like, I guess it was like the year before this. I think it was 98 that that was released for how the wicked in compared to the other verses. It's almost like a spoken interlude part to the song because like he doesn't have like a super fast flow. It's more like I'm going to deliver these funny lines really just felt different than the rest. And Shaggy at points on this album tries to, I think throw in some of these intentionally off time flows like misery does a lot. And he just, he he can't quite get in the pocket with them. Uh, I think he right. was trying to do that on golden goldies a lot and kept getting lost as well. And He's getting closer here. These are a little bit better, uh, but still at times feels a little off. But the song overall is fine. It's not, I don't think it's, I mean, it's a standout because you're going to remember the slug in your noggin hook and stuff, but it's not one of my favorite tracks so far on the album. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. I can definitely see that. I really think that if they would have just cut out Shaggy's verse at the end, uh, it would have probably been a way better song probably uh 
because you know the the fumbling with the beat and and not you're right not finding the pocket yeah was just not it, it took it takes you out a little bit uh okay well hey that was a uh, slug in yanagan let's move on to the next one uh which is a song called ghetto fantasies which is music taken from ghetto fantasy by ghetto boys eric what are your thoughts I think this is a dope beat, and the original track is a great song. I mean, if you know the song, if you've listened to it, this is it's it's a it's a heavy in theme wise, you know, in in terms of tone and theme, it's a it's a heartfelt song. You know, they're they're talking about stuff that's serious to them. They even kept the hook from the original song in their version. It was probably on the instrumental or something. I think Blaze's verse on this track meshes incredibly well. I think. Shaggy's verse was really good too. Jay's verse is hilarious to me because he talks about rider trucks and he wants to buy a whole fleet because they say rider on the side, like the moving trucks, which is yeah. fucking funny. It's dumb, but you can also hear some, some honesty in this verse because he talks about eating ramen and he talks about getting by on powdered milk and a can of peas, but the best things in life are free. It's his fantasies. We've heard him talk about things like this before. And even though this verse is goofy and kind of doesn't fit with the rest of them, it also kind of works because I picture a kid dreaming about something bigger and better than where they are. And I think that's really the theme overall of this, this song. And it, it, it kind of works. It's, it's like two steps away from actually being a serious track, but I think everybody's verses aside from Violet J's, which I'm still not sure on um, fit really well with the, the song, even if the track doesn't feel nearly as meaningful or heartfelt as the original version, because obviously this is a joke, but what were your thoughts? My first thing is Violent J showed some realness and some seriousness for the first time on this album. Really? I, I really enjoyed his verse on this one. Also, I enjoy the original song by Ghetto Boys. And I think that they did pretty well with this uh, with this beat. I think Blaze and Monoxide killed it. Uh, Shaggy's verse was a little rough with the flows. I think still kind of attempting to find that pocket. Didn't really find it. Not nearly as bad as in Slug and Yanagin, but yeah, uh, it stood out to me. Yeah, just uh, a, a song about the struggles in life and and how their fantasies pulled them through all of it. Uh, I also really like Misery says Menage a Trois in his verse, and I yes. thought that was funny. That high class word Menage a Trois. You think he's talking MMF or MFF or MMM? Or FFF, and he watches. Oh, maybe. I mean, it could be anything. Yeah, it could be. Misery, get at us. What were you? What were you thinking about in 2000 when you? Yeah, uh, made this. Or are you down for anything? Yeah, is or is it whatever? It's it was. Hey, I just want to be included. It maybe. could be whatever. I just I just want to be invited to it. I just want to be involved. I just want in this. I just want somebody to to think about me and and want me involved. <laughs> two people. I just want to be. I just want to be wanted. I just want two people <laughs> to want me involved in what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> minimum, minimum, two people <laughs> to want me involved in what's happening in their lives. No, not uh, minimum. No more. No less. I want two specifically two well, other people. But if it's FFF and he watches, then that'd be that'd be. Oh, freaky. you're right. Okay, corrected. I stand corrected misery we gotta settle this get at us please uh if you ever thought oh i'm never gonna be challenged on that line well 
listen, buddy, it's it's 21 years later, baby, and we're challenging <laughs> you on it. <laughs> Let's fucking talk. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that they did a very good, good job with this song. I, I fully enjoyed this one. Nice. All right, let's move on to the next song. This is another track that was included on the original Psychopathics from Outer Space album. The first of two tracks on this album that uses an instrumental of the song Illusions by Cypress Hill, this time the Q-Tip remix. We've listened to this before, even though we didn't review it. Uh, This song is called Who? What were your thoughts? From the start, I was not a fan of this one. (laughs) This was probably the worst one Worst one on the album. I think that this song, at least this remix of it, didn't really fit well with what they're trying to do. I don't like the chorus. I thought it was dumb. Uh, the The beat does not match the energy that they brought to the song. And and that's not saying that you can't have a laid back beat with high energy like that. That happens. You can, you can have that. That's a thing. It was not a great thing on this one though. I mean, this this is a relatively chill ass beat, and you're sitting here, back the fuck up, y'all ain't got shit. Representing the street killers, my whole clique, like it was just like hard ass verses, good verses that I think would have been served way better with a different beat. I think that's the reason why I didn't like this song so much because of the disconnect there, uh, or at least in my opinion, what I thought the disconnect was right. So this is this this is interesting because this is our I'll stab your fucking face from Golden Goldies because I feel completely the opposite to you. This is my favorite beat on the album. This is my favorite hook on the album. It's 100% silly, but it's fucking catchy. I must have listened to this a lot because I put it on the car and Christy immediately started singing along, not just the hook, but even some of the verses. I think this is a total bop. I think Shaggy is a standout on this one with the, ooh, who's that parts on his verses. Like everything about this stands out to me, even though it's not a lot like the rest of the album, which I'm not a fan of that style of music. This is the thing I like the best. This is the standout song to me. Okay. Wow. Yeah. This this is a clear, clear. uh, We just pass each other like two ships in the night kind of thing. Yeah. Hey, you, you enjoy what you enjoy. I understand. It's probably because it sounds more like an ICP track than the rest of this. I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. Well, hey, let's, uh, you know, agree to disagree. Let's. That's what we do on this on this podcast. Yeah. Whenever we and we don't disagree often, but when we do, I hold a grudge about it. I think about it this way. When we Uh, disagree, we make everybody happy. Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. Uh, The only thing to do now is to take this over to uh, Juggalo Night Court. With your bailiff, Mike, and the honorable Shmeev presiding. Yeah, we. Um, anytime we disagree on a song, we should take it to Juggalo Judgment and ple- and be like, could you please make a ruling on this? And, and when we're talking, can you interrupt us and say, don't come on my leg and tell me, what did we say it was? Don't come in my cereal and tell me it's milk. That's what it was. Yeah, <laughs> don't come in my cereal and tell me it's milk. You're bringing up old bits. Guys, let's, let's, let's move on to the next song. Uh, next song. Killa Ova Nutten. So this one was music taken from uh, Coming After You, T-Mix Remix by MC Ren featuring Ice Cube, song that I am not familiar with, the original, but uh, am, I would say, pretty familiar with the uh, Psychopathic Riders version. Yeah. And I hope you are too, Eric, because I want to hear your thoughts about it. 
Uh, this one was the hardest one for me to search out the original music. There's lots of versions of Coming After You, uh, but this is a bizarre, rare remix that was on like a, a demo, like a promo CD or something. Uh, so finally finding it was kind of cool because I looked for a while. But my thoughts on this song, we are at the point in the album where I'm starting to get bored with the whole thing, uh, with, with the sound and with the shtick. I'm not, yeah. I've said it a couple of times, I'm not a huge fan of the whole style of the gangster rap thing. Uh, I loved to hear them doing it and go, damn, they're fucking good at this. But I don't need 12 tracks of it. And I, I'm going to be curious to see how the other albums are. I've heard the next one, but I want to see how the other albums are post this uh, to see if they start to come into their own or if it stays more straight faced, but tongue in cheek. I'll be curious. This is a very generic gangster rap beat. It's like, it's, it feels unique because it's here on this album, but it, it checks all the sort of West coast gangsta boxes musically. Uh, there's nothing wrong with this song. All the verses are well delivered. The hook is fine. There are some silly lines. Jay says he'll blow red lettuce out the side of your head. And he says that he'll use your skull to serve peanuts. Madrox says that he'll get uh, his gat and blow holes in your brain like an Afghan. There's some like funny stuff like that in it. But uh, overall, this one does not stand out to me. Um, it's just more of what I've already heard them show me they could do earlier on in the album. But what were your thoughts? You know what? Pretty much the exact same. I got to be honest. I wrote on my notes on this one. This is where they're going to start to lose me for the rest of the album, because you're right. The the shtick has been happening now for what? One, two, three, four, uh, eight tracks. What, like eight, eight tracks. We get like that. We get what they can do. I think that this song probably would have, I probably would have enjoyed it more if it was earlier in the album because it, it, it objectively it's a pretty good song, but I think that it's forgettable. And the reason I think it's, uh, I, I think the reason that it is forgettable is because we've listened to something relatively like this for the past, at this point, I think we're like probably half an hour into the album. Yeah. And uh, I think it, it kind of made me realize that this shtick would have been served better if they put out this as like an EP rather yeah. than an album, I kind of think, you know, the trim same. the fat EP. Yeah. Uh, but with that being said, like I said, you know, I, I think the, the flows were dope on this one. There's some really good lines on this one. Uh, forties and swishers delivered to my doorstep early in the morning, nedding on my woodpeck. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's pretty, that's hard and good. Yeah. That's hard and good. Uh, just like uh, his woodpeck, I would assume. Right before that buffing on my pickle piece. I don't I don't know if I like pickle piece. I, I think pickle piece is hilarious. I th I th guys, I think somebody's rider name needs to be pickle piece. And please, <laughs> please, it's first come first serve. Whoever gets it in the discord or anywhere else, that's yours. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I think um, I think the song was good. It was just forgettable. And I think it was forgettable out of the circumstance of where it's put in the album. Yeah. Yeah. And I think especially coming like it or not coming after who, which is breaks up the style of the album back to a song that just feels like the style that was the first few is kind of like, uh, okay, we're okay. Back to what we've already. Yeah. Heard. We're back to what we, yeah. yeah. But let's move on to another one that in some ways 
breaks up the style of the album again. Uh, not necessarily musically, but this one's taken from uh, the original track Cheddar again by Westside Connection. Uh, and there you go. There's there's another dairy reference for you. This one's called Plug Dat Puss. Um, Aaron, tell us what you thought about this song. Uh. I was confused at first about what exactly this song. So, okay, so uh, clearly this is a, uh, you can tell by the name, this is a silly song. My, I'll just read to you. Wait, is this a song about shooting a vagina with a gun? <laughs> or is what? this a song about sex? Why would you think that? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, full clip, plug that puss, hit it from the back, and blow out that bush. Well, uh, I mean, it could Captain- be either. It could be either. It could be either. It's, 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 who knows? You know what? Either way, these are some fun, fun flows. These are some good flows. Then Lil Shank comes in, tighten up, baby, because I'm starting to push. <laughs> uh, the, I think that this, this is clearly a comedic song, and, and more so than I would say Slugging Your Noggin was, yeah. which at that point in time was the funniest, you know, most comedically gauge song on the album this one blows that one out of the water as far as like like the intention of comedy goes yeah this one's Um, just silly this one's just a silly song i think they all do pretty well i will say (laughs) i will say when uh when shaggy's verse came up um (laughs) shaggy obviously full clip uh so they all 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 of their verses start with uh their name and then plug that puss yeah right when Shaggy's verse came in, I, th- I said, Shaggy sounds like he doesn't know what sex is <laughs> <laughs> because uh, he had some stuff in there because full clip got a full meat. He want to stuff in your butt crack on top of that. No, fuck that. I'm on top of you. And then and then he clarifies that with shaking hips and things. It's uh, uh, it's which- like uh in 40 year old virgin where they're having a conversation about sex. <laughs> yeah. You no, know, it's, it's exactly that. Or like in every recess schoolyard, when, when like sixth graders are like, yeah, I know what sex is. It's yeah. when you get naked and make out on top of each other yeah. and just, you know what I mean? Like just stupid. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I was like, yeah, I don't think Shaggy quite knows what sex is or at least didn't at the time. But uh, I think he definitely does. Now there's some corn hate on this one. Uh, the band, also, uh, I wrote down uh, pack protection for the worm when I'm going fishing, I think is a is a super fun line, uh, yes. super fun line. Also, Mary J. Blige reference, okay, which why was not? fun. Uh, why not? Yeah, no, this song was clearly meant to be comedy more so than any other song on the album, and they executed it pretty fucking well, in my opinion. Well, what are your thoughts? I don't know what to say about this one. Thematically, it's exactly what you're expecting. When you see the title of the song, you pretty much know what you're getting. But I'm not I'm not a big fan of this because first off, I don't really like the beat, but mostly because I was uncomfortable listening to it. It's kind of weird to hear a bunch of guys talk about their sexual fantasies and exploits in this way, especially the first verse, because everybody has two verses. The first verse is from Madrox and Monoxide because they they just, they were a little too specific about what kind of women they like, and it felt uncomfortable and a little weird to me. You're right, Jay works a corn diss into his first verse. Now, if you remember uh, on Jekyll Brothers in the song Everybody Rise, 
Shaggy has a corn disc as well. So I guess in 99, they were really pissed about corn. Uh, we talked a little bit about why. But the, his disc here is weird. Because, I mean, maybe the world has changed in 20 years. Because he basically says, call corn, they'll even eat your ass. Which he means as a diss. But I think probably in, in the modern era, I don't think is necessarily... A, a diss like oh you probably eat your girl's ass and you'd be like um okay yeah that was uh that was a diss that aged into a flex right that's what i'm saying like the whole band yeah. will come eat your ass okay i mean yeah uh so it just i think maybe at the time that was different i don't know um but there's a lot of really uncomfortable shit in this song misery straight up talks about fisting uh yeah. it and it even works up to it a few fingers at a time getting to the fist. Uh, Blaze talks about having sex with women that are under 18. Like, I was like, this whole song needs to go away. Yeah, <laughs> it's not, Blaze, I'm not cool with this. That one was, in that one, I didn't quite catch that until my second listen through, and I was like, ooh, Blaze. Yeah, don't do that. Uh-oh. Oh, I, by the way, I finally I finally made the connection in my head. Um. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, here is my stupid, overly thought out joke of the week. Corn in your ass. Are you being eaten out by the band or did you eat corn yesterday and you're pooping? Aaron, what the fuck? You're grounded. Go to your room. Get it? Because corn, it doesn't digest. Comes out full kernels. I'm going to do you the favor of just cutting that out of this episode. Okay, that's not going to stay in. <laughs> I was, dude, I've, I've spent like the past three minutes trying to make that connection so wow. I could, so I can make a joke about wow. poop and corn. Wow. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm done. That's it. Perfect. That was plug that puss. Don't we love it? No. Let's go ahead and get into the uh, the next one. This is the second to last track on the album. This was music taken from, again, Illusions, but the DJ Muggs remix of Illusions by Cypress Hill. Uh, the song is Back to Crack. Eric, what are your thoughts? Wow. This song. Um, this song is about the whole rap thing not working out, so they give up and go back to smoking and are selling crack. And this song is pretty fucking depressing. From beat to the lyrics and flows, this, this to me, feels more like a legitimate ICP track uh, than it does a Rida's track. It's equally one of the best tracks to me on the album and one of the worst ones. Like, I think it's supposed to be a joke, but the lyrics and delivery don't read as funny. And Monoxide talking to his mom about being on crack is very depressing. It's not. It doesn't come across as as funny i wasn't laughing at it. i was going this is sad the whole song is sad um and some of the lyrics and and verses like conceptually it's funny to go rap didn't work out so i'm just going to go back to crack on paper funny in delivery not particularly humorous uh what did you think yeah not particularly uh humorous at all i think the concept is the concept could be made funny. I think the execution was was poor. Flows were solid. The hook was pretty dope. But the uh, the specifics, right? 
don't know. I just I didn't I didn't really like uh really really like this song too much. And and maybe it's also because this is this late in the fucking album, right? Yeah, uh I, I think that this was a song that was that could have had a little bit more time marinating uh lyrically to tighten it up a little bit. Yeah. I don't know where they were if they were trying to make the song that they made, well then it was successful. If they were trying to make something tongue in cheek and funny, I don't think it was successful. Uh so no. maybe it was successful, maybe it was a miss, I don't know. But, but also I think if they were trying to do some sort of social commentary on this, it wasn't really that successful either. True. That's also true. You know? Yeah. It was just a sad <laughs> a sad thing to listen to. Uh even yeah, if it, it was wasn't just real. like you sat down and you thought like, damn, yeah, not like damn is in like, oh, damn, that was dope or like funny and not like damn is in like, oh, damn, that like makes me think about serious shit. Maybe you think like, uh, oh, damn, maybe it that hits, hits me as a struggling musician uh, through my whole life hard because I can't tell you how many times I'm like, oh, shit's about to happen. And then it doesn't happen. And I'm like, oh, man, failing music, failing your music career and going back to smoking crack that 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 feels extra sad and extra real for yeah for me for me i think it would be failing your music career and going back to a dead-end job uh right. so i you know it, it, it everybody has that oh i if i fail i gotta go back to this bullshit right exactly uh, it's just in this song this bullshit was crack and i think maybe it would have this song would have hit a little harder on that note if it wasn't about crack all the way through but if each person picked something that like i if this fails like i gotta go back to blank uh, that might have worked and then rap actually. about that i think that would have worked really well yeah i agree um and again yeah that would have been very thought-provoking that would have functioned really well as a regular icp track if you know and they kind of did that oh, yeah. on bizarre bizarre the whole hey this rap shit's not working let's do the radio stars thing and do all these a song like this hey my rap career didn't work out. I'm back to working a dead end job, uh, doing this, doing that, whatever, whatever I tried to get away from that. Now that I've failed, I'm back to where I was for each verse could have been pretty cool. Could have made a cool track. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, shall we move on to the next song? Let's move on to the next song. All right. The next song is the last song. This is track 12. It's called Riding for Life. The music is taken from the song Slow Down by Snoop D-O-double-G. That's dog if you don't know how to spell. Aaron, tell us about Riding for Life. Uh, so it's actually dog but oh, you know, true. who's who's counting G's? Uh, I am. Okay. So Riding for Life. This definitely seems like a... Uh, the uh, group camaraderie song, right? You can tell that by the title of it. So uh, I think that with this with this beat, obviously being a, a, a Snoop Dogg beat, which is gonna no matter what be very well known. Uh, they work this beat very well. I think their flows are dope. I think that one of the, my big things here that I, I wanted to stress about this song was if you listen to this song and then let the album roll back into roll back into dumping mm -hmm. you hear a a big uh progression a big sonically a change whereas dumping sounded uh very underground and this song although still sounding pretty underground it, it sounded a little bit more tightened up 
Oh, I think. interesting. And, and that's just something that I found out. You know, obviously, when you listen to it uh, through from track one all the way down to the end uh, to track 12, you don't get that because that progression is there. But then you let it roll back into track one and repeat. And, and it goes back. It goes from most progressed to the raw intro track. You really you really get that. Uh, you really hear that. And I like that. I like that a lot. It feels like progression. And I like progression in an album. Uh, this song 100% is for, it is not for the people that are fans of this West Coast shit. This song is for Juggalos. This song I could see being played live and like at an ICP concert and be dope and people going crazy for it. You know what I mean? No. Yeah. Are, are you, are you completely in disagreement? Yeah. A hundred percent. Okay. Maybe I need to be a little harder on this. I think that the flows were relatively dope. I think that the, the chorus was cool. And I think that this was a good end to an album, right? This is, we always talk about how ICP, their endings go on too long or, you know, their last track, their perfect last track was track 12 and they had two more tracks that kind of shit the bed after that and stuff like, like this, this is, that is a common thing that we've talked about with ICP albums. I don't think that is the case with this ending track. I think that this was a great track to end. Uh, even though it's 12, you know, this album is 12 songs long and, you know, we can probably cut three or four to make it a little bit more tight and, and keep our attention a little better. The ending track is not one of them that I would cut, which usually is when we talk ICP albums. You know, a lot of the things that you touched on are things I'm about to talk about, but I think in a very different way. Uh, first okay. off, I'm I'm not a big fan of this No Limit era Snoop Dogg beat. It, it doesn't do much for me. And I truly think this is probably the most generic track on the album to me. I don't think it's bad, but I think it's more of what we just heard on about eight or nine of the previous 11 songs. Not a super solid track to end on, but it's fine. The only reason that I'll forgive this being the last track is because I think Back to Crack would have been a perfect album ender, but it's so fucking depressing. You needed this track to bring things back around. You, you kind of had, this was a necessity to go, uh, okay, let's lighten it up and end on this. Because um, it would have been a super vibe killer to have Back to Crack be the last song. Uh, oh, so absolutely. That's the only reason I'll give this a pass. There was nothing remarkable about this to me. There was nothing that stood out that I'm like, oh, let me talk about this aspect of it. I was just like, this is another, it's another track. So that was my thought. Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree with everything that you're saying. Uh, this is not in any time, you know, at any stretch of the word, this is not a an amazing song. Uh, overall, I think it is relatively forgettable but I think it's less forgettable or less bad hmm. than a lot of the other tracks. And, yeah, I, and I think so. that, I, I think that, you know, they wrote this as an ender to the album and I think it did its job uh, pretty well. Yeah. I'll Honestly, I would, I would, I would probably cut back to track, but if I was, if I was slicing this up and, and can, you know, make putting it down to eight tracks, I'd probably cut back to crack. Honestly. And can keep this over it. But yeah, I, I understand. I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying for sure. Well, hey, let's talk about our overall thoughts. 
Okay. Eric, I'm going to let you go first. All right. You know, I, I, I probably touched on some of this stuff as we went through the album, but I think some of it's worth reiterating. When this came out in 2000, I don't think I appreciated it the way I do now. Um, in that time frame, 1999, 2000, ICP was definitely on some over-the-top, irreverent, offensive, comedic, shitty rock guitar stuff, right? That's what they were doing. So right. this was very different. This did not sound like ICP. Uh, and it was a style that I was not a, a big fan of. So this is not what I was looking for from them. But upon revisiting it now, uh, even if some of it's still kind of boring to me, it's an extremely consistent album for the most part. It's a showcase for some serious talent that was on the label at the time. And it was really one of the first real family era releases, you know, when they, when they built out that roster of artists that for a decade were really maybe actually for like 15 years almost were like, this is psychopathic and all of these people are involved with, you know, what ICP is doing. So there's something nostalgic and kind of happy about hearing it now, but I'd be lying if I didn't say there were several points where I kind of felt sad hearing how much fun they were having doing this because I know the way things are now. And and it's it's sad to go, oh, listen, listen to them saying I'm a rider forever. And and you can just tell how much fun they were having doing this. This was a because we wanted to album and all these people were friends. And now that is not the case. So there's there's a little bit of like, oh, that's kind of sad. Uh it's like looking at pictures of you and your friends that you know you don't see anymore or something. But I'll also say I'm glad we reviewed Golden Goldies last week because this is fully the evolution of that concept. I think the humor became more subtle, more nuanced, more tongue-in-cheek. The verses and flows got way more refined, and the result is a far more impressive album without sacrificing that feeling of this is friends having fun that you get from listening to Golden Goldies. Just now, it's with millions of dollars, mainstream fame, and a roster of very talented MCs, unlike Golden Goldies. But with all that said, I'm not a big fan of this music. This isn't a style that I ever really enjoyed. Uh, but there are some tracks that I like, and I can appreciate what it is. Although I do question whether this was the most effective way to introduce this newly formed psychopathic roster and showcase their talent. Like, is a joke project where they all emulate a style that's nothing like what you'd hear on their actual albums the best way to introduce these people? I'm not sure. I'm thinking maybe they should have done like a dark and scary old school horrorcore wicked shit super group where they all paint crosses on their faces and wear hooded cloaks like monks. That would have been cool. That Absolutely. Would've, that would have been cool. Would have been cool. Uh, what were your thoughts on this album? I think I mostly agree with you. I think that this is the more refined Golden Goldies, like you were saying. Uh, I also think that they could have found a better way to introduce their new psychopathic roster, for sure. That being said, overall, I, pers as somebody that personally likes the fan of that that is a fan of this sort of underground, uh, like West Coast gangster rap shit, for the most part, I enjoyed the shit out of this. It it was cool to hear them do something new. And, and you're right. If you take into consideration what they were doing at the time, which was that sort of poppy, you know, rock shit at the time, I would have gotten this. I would have thought, yo, like, fuck what ICP is doing over there. What they're doing here is dope. 
because everybody knows I'm not a fan of, of that era of ICP. Yeah. Uh, I was yeah, at the time. Overall, so. right, right. You know, overall, very much so enjoyed listening to this. Even the songs that I didn't like, it was a cool look into sort of what they're doing, what their thought process was for this super group at the time. If I had to pit Golden Goldies, Gimme Them Fucking Nuggets, bitch, up against Dumpin' by Psychopathic Riders, it's it, that would be a weird comparison to do since this is is a little bit more serious than what that was. I think I would have enjoyed. You know, I think overall I enjoyed Golden Goldies better, hmm. but that's not saying that I hated this by any means. I'm incredibly excited to see where Psychopathic Riders uh, goes from here, Word. which we will see next week. But we'll we talk will. about this that in a second. So let's talk about our personal favorite tracks. Yeah, why not? I've got three. What have you got? I've got two. Okay. What are your two? So my two are Skrilla Farilla. Big fan of that one. And I also really enjoyed Killa Ova Nutten. What, uh, what were your three? My number one by a long shot is Who, which I know you're not a fan of, but I think that's okay. that's easily my favorite one. And then the other two that I liked were Skrilla Farilla and I thought Ghetto Fantasies was pretty good. Ghetto Fantasies was pretty good as well. I, I do agree. But you know what? This is what we're going to do. My number one is Skrilla Farilla. Your number one is who? I feel like those are two opposite ends of the spectrum and and two that would be uh, that would serve the playlist well. So well, let's do it. Word. Let's do those two. Let's do uh, it. So let's, let's add this to the playlist, something that we have not done in a while. Woo. Adding things to the playlist. Look at this. This is the first playlist editions from season four. Four. Hell yeah. We now have seven hours and 31 minutes of content, 104 songs on this bad boy. Damn, that's dope. That is too dope, honestly. It is um, way too number two dope. Yeah, yeah, number two dope. Uh, okay, well, hey, it's time to talk Fago scores. Now, Eric, we made a change. We did make a change. So for season four, we are changing vibe at time of release. So for three seasons, we've struggled with scoring that category. Sometimes it made more sense than others, but we're finally getting rid of it. Taking its place uh, will now be overall vibe. So what does overall vibe mean? It basically accounts for our overall thoughts on the theme, feel, cohesion, content, the mood, and the vibe of the album itself. It's, it's what did we personally think about the album overall? which I think is going to make a lot more sense, although it may impact our scores, uh, you know, compared to the way that we were scoring before. So season four scores might be slightly different, but, but yeah, so that's, that's our new scoring category. We're getting rid of vibe at time release, replacing it with overall vibe. Correct. And uh, I think that's going to be a good replacement. So let's get into it, guys. We had no skits and interludes. Uh, so we got music and beats, lyrics and flows. And now, overall vibe which makes uh, which, so much more sense why didn't we do that before a lot more sense i don't even know why that was th that i mean i don't know why that wasn't the i came up with vibe at the time of the release and i hated myself for it for three seasons good job when we could dick. have just changed it i know i am a dick but you know what at least shaggy would never suck me uh <laughs> 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 Now I picture a Shaggy verse where he's like, I know you're a fucking dick because I never suck you or something. <laughs> hey, you, 
You're uh, such a fucking dick. You'll never be in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I'll go first with music and beats. Yeah. Uh, this one's a weird one because all of the beats were stolen. Yes. There's only one of them that I really didn't that I really thought was weird. And that was the Q-tip remix of illusions that I thought didn't fit well on who that being said, you know, music and beats, I'm going to give it a, a three and a half. I think, uh, I, I, for the most part, I liked all the beats. One of them was weird. They're not their own beats though. So like, what can you really do with that score? You know? Yeah. I struggled with that as well. And the funny thing here is that, I was going to give this a 2.5 because they didn't create or even, I don't think, purposefully choose these beats. Uh, but I gave it an extra half a point up to three because I think the beat for Who is a gem. Okay. Look at that. So a three and a three and a half? Yeah. Perfect. Uh, let's move on to lyrics and flows. These are their original uh, original works of art. And I think that for the most part, they did pretty well with them. The The worst being uh, Shaggy and, and Violent J because of his silliness in most of the songs and Shaggy because of his inability to sort of find that groove yeah. uh, with his flows in, in multiple songs as well. So Twisted, Blaze, I mean, y'all y'all kind of carried a little bit and, and, and you did a fantastic uh, job doing so. I went ahead and gave lyrics and flows a, uh, a four. I had to give it more than what I gave music and beats. They lose an entire point because of uh, Jay and Shaggy, unfortunately. But even then, Violent Jay had had some good verses. Shaggy had some good verses. You know, they didn't meet. They didn't shit the bed across the board. It was just prevalent that they were not as good as th- this style of music than the rest. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's pretty accurate. Uh, I'd agree. I think overall, Twisted, Misery, Blaze, very impressive. Their their verses were technical and, and sounded great, and they sounded real tough and also, you know, sort of funny in, in a self-aware kind of way. I think Violent J's verses were the best and worst thing about this because they had the most personality and humor, but they were by far the least technical and often least on theme. I gave this a four because I think it worked. Fair enough. Absolutely. Let's talk overall vibe. Let's. This was an album that has some overall good stuff that flows well into into each song uh, with some silly songs. One being the most silly uh, in in some gangster rap songs that kind of make fun and poke fun at themselves. Very tongue in cheek in, in a good way. They flow well. The album is a little long. It's a lot of the same style, which is good, but also hurts them a bit with with how many songs that there are. Um, Overall vibe, I gave a three. It's a little bit above average. It's not bad in any stretch of the word. I think the length killed them. and, And even if they kept it at 12 songs and they had another song be sort of different and not different in the comedic way, but different sonically mm. to break it up, right? A slower song or something like that to break it up. I think it would have served them a little bit better. All right. I think to me, when I look at the overall vibe of this album, I think the overall theme is cohesive for the most part. I think it does what they intended for it to do. Yes, there are a few misses 
Yes, sometimes they get a bit off track, but even in those moments, I think they serve as reminders that this is ICP and this is a psychopathic records release. And I'm saying this is ICP. It's also Twisted. It's also Misery. It's also Blaze. But it brings you back to who these people really are beneath the whole theming, beneath the shtick here. And that's why I'll forgive some of that off track stuff. Uh, I gave it a four for an overall vibe. Okay, fair enough. Good score. So what what do we got? We come out with a 3.5 Fagos. Hey, congratulations, Dumpin, for that 3.5. Very respectable score. How does that line up with Golden Goldies? Same score. Same score. Look at that. Yeah. They're nothing if not consistent with their supergroups. That is uh, yet to be the seen. Numbers. That is yet to be well, seen. That's true. Uh, we'll see. In fact, we will see because we're going to be continuing the conversation about Psychopathic Ridas next week with 2001's uh, album Riding Dirty. It's going to be good. But hey, you don't have to wait a week to hear us or communicate with us uh, or give us your opinions. You can do so on our socials. Eric, well, what's going on? Well, I'll tell you what. If you want to stay in contact with us, tell us something, give us your rider name, whatever, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at ICPWWE. If you're more of an email type ninja and you're willing to pleasure the daemon, you can just shoot us an email, ICPWWE at gmail.com. If you want to find me personally, you can find me at Nuclear is Lonely on Twitter. Aaron, where can people find you? You can find me and all of my socials at www.aaronlocklear.com. You can also find me on Twitch streaming four days a week, four to five, twitch.tv slash gristle media. Guys, if you want to have a daily conversations with us, and I'm talking fucking daily, uh, you can hop in the Discord where we have a, a fantastic community of people. The link for the Discord will be in the description below as well as links for our merch store where we will be starting to roll out some new merch items uh, coming in this month, as well as the link to our Patreon where you can support us as well as get extra content and special privileges such as voting on our newest merch item. So uh, head on over there. Got some great uh, goodies for the people that support us on Patreon. And uh, it's a lot of fun in the discord and I'm wearing one of our hoodies right now as we speak. Whoa. And it is very comfortable, very warm. I had to turn my fan on uh, behind me, the floor fan I had on in the middle of recording, because uh, this thing is warm. Fashion over function, um, my friend. Exactly. Guys, that'll be it for us today. Until next week. For Eric, I'm Aaron. Big old whoop whoop out there. And have a great day. Everybody. Whoop whoop. Is that an analogy? What is the word I'm trying to use? I think it starts with an A. Alien ant farm. 
anchovies. Uh, a blank is to blank. And a, no, it's not an anagram. Is to blank. What am I trying to say? I had to do them in the, uh, when I took my SATs, and I can't remember what the name of these things are. Well, clearly that didn't stick for either of us because I also had to do them for my SATs. Uh, it's going to drive me crazy. I'm going to cut this part out. I just need to figure out what it's called. Huh, SAT sections. Reading. Writing in language. Oh, this stuff is all different. Analogy. Than no, not analogy. I said analogy. Right, you got me looking it up now. It's analogies. I said it, and then I'm like, no, that's not right. A comparison between two th- things typically for the purpose of exploiting. Yeah, no, it is. It's analogy. It okay. just didn't sound right, though. Yeah, analogies. All right, well, there you go. All right, well, I'm just going to move on then because I said it right. So, yeah, analogies.